What's up, you guys? Welcome to episode three of Brunch with Desby. If you're new here, what is up? And if you're not new or you're on now, episode three, good for you. Welcome. Thanks for staying around. If you haven't already listened to episode one or kind of know about what the premise of this podcast is, baby, I'm not going to waste a ton of your time here telling you, but I would love it if you took an extra second today to listen to episode one, or at least just a little bit of it to understand why I created this podcast, what it is, what to expect, and how it's going to become your new favorite start to the week. I will say there is about a 99% chance that this podcast will cure any hangover. I will tell you it has a 0.0001% of clearing all coronavirus, um, but we, we won't go there, right? We'll just keep that to the Clorox, the nurses, the doctors, and the pledge wipes. So without further ado, what are you expecting in today's episode? I'm very excited that you're here. What I wanted to still leave you guys with on this launch week, since I'm launching three episodes right away, I still wanted to leave you with a little bit of fitness education, little bit, little bit, a little bit of fits, well, little bit, of, just a little bit of fitness, just a little bit of, just a little bit of fit, just a little bit of fit, fitness, a little bit of finesse and a little bit of finesse and a little bit of finesse the fitness. Okay. So in this episode today, we're going to be discussing a little bit of why the worst way to diet is to actually diet. And I know, you know, you're thinking, you're like, what the fuck? bro, what, what do you mean? We're supposed to diet. That's how we lose weight. And I totally agree with you, but there is a way to do it in a way to make it a little bit more sustainable mentally and physically. So I do want to discuss today, obviously fat loss. Yes, but how to make it not actually feel like you're dieting and why that is not the ideal situation in the way that you want to start. So without further ado, make sure that after this podcast or whenever you can, if you have to pause me for a second, that's right. I won't be offended. Before you head out though, make sure that you review this podcast, give it a five star, maybe leave a little comment, maybe leave a little love, share on your Instagram, make sure you tag me so I can share you back and let's get into the episode. If you guys don't know already too, that is my absolute favorite chime. Let me just, you know, just one more time for you guys. That is my favorite sound effect and you're probably going to hear it 900 more times, but I just, I love clicking this little button and it's a pink button and pink is my favorite color. So why is the worst way to diet to diet? If you're someone out there right now who is looking to lose weight and lose fat. Let me tell you first and foremost, you are not wrong for that. I think a lot of people look at others, whether they're already quote unquote skinny or whether they're quote unquote overweight, whatever their current body is. And they just think, oh, they shouldn't be dieting or like they don't need it or like, wow, they really need it. This is a reminder that whatever the fuck you want to do with your body is up to you. Let me say that again. Whatever the fuck you want to do with your body is up to you. It is not up to anyone else. It's not up to your friend to tell you that you don't look as good in your dress anymore because you gained 20 pounds. It's not up to you because, or it's not up to your boyfriend who's verbally abusive and a dickwad and you probably shouldn't be with him anyway. It's not up to anyone but you and how you want to take care of yourself and how you're personally feeling. 
Do I think that at certain points in life it's healthy to diet? Absolutely. I think it's really nice to go from, you know, surpluses and maintenances to just mix up your body a little bit, give it a little bit of a deficit. It all serves its purpose. But the point of this podcast isn't to tell you to diet. It's to tell you why the worst way to diet is to diet. And what I mean by that is when you're at least first starting to diet, it shouldn't feel like you're dieting. It shouldn't feel like an immediate strip of, you know, starvation and excessive cardio and this, that, and the other. It should feel like a comfortable ease into just maybe eating a little bit less, maybe expending a little bit more. It by no means should be an immediate, you know, turn and flip of the switch that you're eating 100 calories per day and you're only eating broccoli stems with a little bit of pepper and salt on it. If you're doing that right now, please, please stop. Okay. Please listen to the rest of this podcast. Or if you know someone right now who's doing that, please send them this podcast and tell them to get their shit together because that is not going to live long and it's not going to live well. So how do we get into a fat loss phase? That is something that I get a lot, especially as a coach. A lot of clients come to me and that's their immediate first goal. I think when anyone reaches out to have a coach in some way, shape or form, it's not because they mostly come to me and say, hey, I want to gain weight. That's pretty, pretty few and far between. Most clients come to me and they either say, A, I want to reverse diet a little bit. I want to recomp my body. Or they come to me, which nine out of 10 times, and they say, I want to lose weight. I'm not comfortable where I'm at. First and foremost, if you are coming to me and you want to be a client, I will definitely be assessing where you're currently at. Some clients, some people, a cut is just not optimal at that point in time. If you're someone who's been eating, you know, 1400 calories, 1500 calories for however long, it's going to be really hard for me to put you into a cut because we're already pretty low. The goal is to start and have a, you know, kind of metabolic consistency of about, the goal is to start and have pretty much a metabolic consistency of, you know, eating upwards to 2000 calories a day. Um, and not doing a lot of cardio, right? If not, not doing any at all. After that, when you come to me, I can most definitely help you in the best way because we can slowly start to diminish calories, add in a little bit of cardio, and our body responds great. But if you already come to me and you're doing 40 minutes of cardio a day and you've been eating 1,500 calories and you're like, nothing's happening anymore, I can't really help you with much because to bring you down any further is going to be very hard on your metabolism and it's just not going to make you feel good. We're not going to feel energized. We're not going to run optimally. And at that point, it's truly not worth it to sacrifice. So when you're first starting a fat loss phase, first you need to figure out where you're at. You know, you need to figure out where, what are you burning daily? Where's your current caloric output at? Where's your BMR at, which is your basal metabolic rate? So what is your body naturally burning without you even moving? So there's quite a few different calculators you can use for that online. Just look up, uh, you know, BMR. Find out where that possible metabolic rate is. If you have like a DEXA scan near you or like a VO2 like max test around you where you can like get a max testing of, you know, where your oxygen output is. You can also find that out. It's a little bit more tricky, but I would just use a calculator online and kind of go off that very roughly. 
figuring out where your potential basal, basal metabolic rate is per day. From there, say that your basal metabolic rate is 1200 calories. All right. Say each day you could lay your ass in bed and you could burn 1200 calories. All right. That's great. Okay, cool. Now we're going to add in our natural expenditure. So let's say that you work a desk job, which most people kind of do. We're pretty stagnant all day. So let's say that we work a desk job. Say we maybe clean the house a little bit at the end of the day and, and we maybe hit the gym. So let's say our average, our average caloric burn per day is let's just say for lack of better terms, 300 calories, right? So that puts us at around 1500 calories. Now, for the most part, your B, your beta BMR, your basal met- metabolic rate is probably going to be a little bit higher than 1200. I'm just really aiming low here to, sh- to kind of keep math simple for me because I'm not mathematic. So 1500 calories, that's where we're, that's what we're burning each day. So what do we do with this 1500 calories? Well, typically how many calories are you eating a day, right? You're, you're probably eating, let's just say better lack of terms, 2000 calories per day. So that puts you in a caloric surplus of 500 calories a day. Now, remember our output can change each day. One day we might burn 300 calories. One day we might burn 700. So these numbers are definitely going to change in variation to 1500, probably upwards of just say 2000 calories per day. So if we're eating over 200 or 2000 calories per day, and we're in that surplus of 500 calories, that means that we're eating over our natural output, which technically would put us in a state of weight gain, right? We're in a surplus. We're going to gain from that. Again, your, your actual BMR is probably higher, more so around maybe like 50 maybe like 16, 1700, um, or you're burning more like every day in calories. So again, let's just say like we're around maybe more so like 1600 calorie burn, which is even an extra 100. So we're between four to 500 surplus right now. So if you're there, okay, well, how do we start into a deficit? Cause in order to be in a deficit, a caloric deficit, we're going to have to be below that 1500 calorie mark, right? Because that's where our typical output is. So what we want to do first is take a little bit away from that that caloric intake, right? We do want to take away just a smidgen of food. For the most part, we want to keep protein around the same amount, especially if we're operating in grams. We want to keep protein pretty high. Now, because you're going to have numbers you need to hit, you're going to have a caloric output and intake, you're going to need to track your food. All right. That's going to be the easiest way for you guys to lose weight out there. You need to know what's going in and what's going out. Do you need to track macros? No. If you're not comfortable with that girl, you don't need to track macros, but at least tracking calories and understanding what you're taking in and splitting those up between carbs, fats, and proteins is still going to help. So going back to protein, we're going to want to make sure that protein's pretty high. All right. We're going to go between probably like, we're going to go to about like 0.6 to 0.8 grams per pound body weight. All right. So just shy of one gram per pound of protein. Okay. So you can do that math yourself based on your own weight for carbs. We're probably going to want to start 
decently high with a decently high fat intake as well. Um, there's a ton of different macro calculators online. I'd suggest you do that before you just like bullshit numbers into the air. Um, you can take a average of all the macro calculators you use and kind of see what rings true. You know, if you try to three different macro calculators, you get 55 fat, 65 fat, 45 fat. Well, take all those numbers and divide them by three, take that average and start there. At the end of the day, this is going to be very much like a a shot in the dark to start for anyone because you just kind of have to see how your body reacts and go from there. But keeping protein high is not only going to help us continue to keep muscle, which can atrophy during a cut, but it's also going to help us stay satiated and stay basically like not starving. Okay. Between fats, between fats and then between, you know, protein, we're going to be able to keep it high. Um, it serves as more of like a nutritional stimulus to maintain muscle and it's the least likely nutrient to be stored as fat. So when you intake fat and carbs, those can be processed as fat if they're not used as energy stores. But when protein stores, it's going to just store as energy. It's not going to, it's, or it's going to be digested. It's not going to be stored as fat. So keeping protein high is not only going to keep you fuller, but it's not going to convert immediately into fat stores. With carbs, we are still going to want carb present. This isn't the time to go keto, idiot. It, keto is just not optimal for everyone. Now, are there some people where medically keto is amazing? Absolutely. But keto is not a lifestyle. It is a short-term shock to the body that is not optimal for most people. So keeping carbs present is still going to be important. Carbs are important. Fat, literal fat on your body. Fat burns in a carbohydrate flame. So in order for you to get into a fat burning mode, you are going to need to make sure that there are carbs present in your diet. Are some people better at handling more carbs than less? Absolutely. Are some people, do they lose weight better when carbs aren't present? Absolutely. But what carbs do is essentially, not only do they give you glycogen stores, which feeds you energy and basically turns your fucking brain on, but they also allow you to kind of convert into energy, the carbohydrate stores, and then they attract water to kind of fill up the muscle cells. So when we have carbs present, we can typically feel that quote unquote pump in the gym, that pump, right? We, oh man, my arms are so swole today. I have just the gnarliest pump. Well, you probably, you know, maybe you took pre-workout, which sick, whatever, do your thing, Josh. Um, and I'm just using Josh as a, a gym douche name. Sorry, no offense to any Josh's, but what it also is probably happening is that you're probably carb sourced pretty correctly around your workouts to where you're able to use those carbs as proper energy output. Okay. So having carbs present are still important. Fat is also very important, especially for women because they help us continue to keep our hormones stable, especially during a cut. A lot of women lose sex drive in their cut. Um, a lot of women might kind of like have weird periods, especially if you have a natural period because the body is just kind of like confused and we're in a deficit. So very, very common, but although it's common, they're all important to have. All right. So don't exclude any certain macro out of the equation. They're all very, very important. So once you have that protein, carb and fat, or even you just have that caloric intake you want to be at, 
you have to think that immediately, you know, say again, we're at that 1500 calories. That's where we, that's where our output is. We're technically right now eating around 2000. Don't just strip your macros down to 1500 calories. Okay. Don't do that. If you're used to eating 2000, let's go ahead. Let's just take 250 calories off a day. All right, let's let's just start there. There's no reason to go super nuts. So let's just start at 1750 calories. Let's go ahead and add in cardio. Okay. So if you're someone who's barely doing cardio or not doing a lot a week, we can just start by like adding a simple three or four sessions of 15 to 20 minutes a week. It doesn't have to be crazy. This these can be list sessions. So low intensity, steady state. This doesn't include our neat expenditure, which is just like natural energy expenditure each day, like walking the dogs, doing laundry, whatever. That's kind of like neat expenditure, right? And taking a walk, whatever. List is going to be done more so like on a stair stepper, elliptical, um, treadmill, whatever. This isn't running necessarily though. It's going to be low intensity, steady state. If you want to try to incorporate things like HIT or a little bit just higher intensity training, such as like running or something, sure, you know, you can do that. But unlike steady state cardio, HIT, HIT does recruit type two muscle fibers over type one. So it does help guard a little bit more against muscle loss. Um, and sometimes you can actually gain muscle by doing things like interval training. Um, again, in order to gain muscle, you do for the most part have to have a caloric surplus. But if you're a newbie to the game, you can gain muscle doing damn near everything. So mixing up your cardio with lists, mixing up your cardio with hit is going to be important. But we don't want to just go out of the gate swinging both punches and just like hammering shit out. All right. We need to start slow. We need to start steady so we can prolong this for a really nice, you know, 12, 14 week cut. Um, but it shouldn't feel like 12 or 14 weeks, right? It should maybe feel more like a, a seven, like a six to seven week cut that first six, five weeks. Shouldn't feel that hard. Okay. And then that last six to seven weeks is where you really start to make those pushes when it comes to adjusting now, do you need to increase or decrease? I'm sorry. Do you need to decrease every week? Absolutely not. Um, if you're feeling comfortable, then you don't need to decrease. If we're making changes, if we're seeing our weight go down 0.5, one pounds, maybe two pounds per week on average, we don't need to change anything. Don't break what ain't broken. You know what I mean? That is going to be the key is that a lot of people, a lot of people go too hard, way too damn fast. And then they screw themselves over because they're week four into their cut and they're already eating 1000 calories, right? That's, that's just not, not needed at all. So every maybe one week, two weeks, pick a day out of the week where you can really call this your check-in day, right? Check in with yourself, take, keep a journal, take some measurements, jump on the scale, which you should be doing maybe a few more times a week to get an average. But so that you can see where you're at and if it's a time to, to adjust. When it comes to adjusting, um, you definitely want to keep protein around the same all the time. So for the most part, I'm just going to tell you, like, don't mess with your protein, right? We're going to keep that pretty much stagnant. If anything, maybe even increase it um, near the end of a cut. 
carbs. We're going to keep those relative. Okay. That, that those can go up. Those can go down. Um, if we want to start adding in refeed days, which I'll cover in a second, you know, we can start adding those high and those low days, get into a little bit of carb cycling. There is no right or wrong way to do this. It's all about figuring out what's best for you and what makes it most realistic for you. For fats, we're going to want to do the same thing. These are the ones that are going to go up and down. So proteins remaining consistent, carbs and fats are the things that are going to be manipulated. All right. So when it comes to that, then biweekly, we can also change up our cardio. You know, do we need to add a session? Um, do we need to do this? Do we need that? Sometimes I personally add cardio add an additional 10 to 15 minutes of cardio for my clients before I'll actually take away food. I'd rather get them to expend a little bit more before they get food taken away. You know what I mean? Before they're lower in calorie. So refeed meals, what are they? Do we need them during periods of dieting? The the answer is absolutely yes. Um, They're significant. It could, it could be very important in monotonous lifestyles. So if you're constantly just eating low calorie food, you might get to a point where you're like, bro, I just want to eat and slam that whole stack of extra stuffed Oreos right now. I'm going to make them my bitch tonight. That is not good. We do not want to get into that, that binge eating, that eating uh, consistency, right? So the difference between them, between a cheat meal and a refeed are completely different. They're mostly utilized to prolong a dieting phase, right? They keep you a little bit more consistent because you're able to use them and kind of like get back on track, right? They reset a hormone in the body called leptin, which is a hunger hormone. So it kind of just like boosts that for a period of time. And then it reminds you like, oh, like I'm good. Like I don't need, I don't need a lot of food right now. And then you get right back to your lower calorie and you, you are able to, what's the word? Abide. You're able to abide by your macros. All right. We're just going to go with that. So a refeed meal is more constructed. Um, this is, this has a metabolic benefit to it. It can increase your metabolic rate, meaning your output for the day. It can help you increase your performance. And again, like I said, we're increasing our leptin levels. So this is you overfeeding your body, not stuffing yourself, not, you know, going as hard as you can for an hour. This is a day that is constructed by pretty much for the most part, a set of macros. So when you're in a deficit, the amount of days you go up to in a refeed period is a current, you know, up to you, your current metabolism, where your deficit is, your body fat level and your body's sense insulin sensitivity. Some people don't respond well to refeeds. Some people do. So for the most part, these are going to be carb focused days. Um, your thyroid and leptin reacts best to when carbs are utilized and your performance in the gym can also be completely shot up. This is when you know your body can use it best and why it uses it best. So this is optimal to start adding in when dieting gets tough, right? So like I said, that first five, six week period, it should not feel like a diet. Okay. It should just be you chipping away. But when you start to get down on that nitty gritty, lower calories, you really want to push off those last few pounds, then absolutely refeeds could be really great for you. These can go once, twice a week. Again, it all depends on how your body is reacting and it's something you're going to have to play with. That's why having a coach can be a little bit easier because it truly takes the guesswork out of it. Um, But if you're interested in one-on-one coaching, like I have myself and I have a team of four others that um, we crush it. DBFT, our clients are complete badasses. You can always email me and I'll drop that information in the description box. 
outside of a refeed meal, you then have a cheat meal. So this is more of a psychological break. You don't really have a ton of benefit that's going to come to this. This is more of a chance for you to just mentally let go. There's not a lot of construction to it. This can be one meal, two meals, one day. Um, at this point, there is a difference between a cheat and a binge. Very important to remember that. It can have some positive effect, you know, more of a mental break because you can have them during vacations, holidays, whatever that is. But for the most part, I think in in a deficit, in a low-ass deficit, a refeed is going to be way more beneficial because you're able to stay constructed. And as a coach, I'll know exactly what you took in. Um, so to decide when to take them is going to be up to you. Um, I would suggest to do constructed refeeds if you're starting a bulk, if you're in a maintenance phase, anything. You can raise carbs and keep fat keep fat and proteins close to the same. You want to mostly be in a same protein, lower fat, high carb day. Okay. So like just throwing numbers out here and please, for the love of God, don't follow these. I'm literally just shooting them out. If you're at like 130 protein, maybe you're at like 50 fat and you're at like 325 carb or like 350 carb, right? It's a heavy carb day with low fat. Um, just remember since these are increased caloric meals, these calories add up and will add up when they're taken incorrectly and not utilized. Okay. So on those days where you have like a refeed, you'll have more of a constructive set of macros. On a day where you choose to take a cheat meal, I would suggest lowering your carbs and your fats to like more of a a rest day macros and then adding your cheat meal on top of that. So still tracking some of the day, um, but up to a certain caloric point and then taking your free meal on top of it. Um, You know, one clean meal isn't going to make you super healthy and one cheat meal won't make you super unhealthy. So you have to remember that too. So I hope for the most part, those two things make sense. Again, cardio is going to be kind of up to you to like play with and mess around with keeping hit involved, maybe doing a few group classes, whatever that looks like for you. But the last thing I really wanted to cover in terms of dieting is the fact that again, you're at one point, this diet, the, you know, the, the best way to diet is not to make it feel like a diet, but at one point it's going to feel like a fucking diet. All right. It's going to be fucking hard. You're going to be like, bro, I'm tired. I'm hungry. I'm, I'm irritable. My sex drive is low. I have no libido, this, that, and the other. So volume foods, get out your pen, get out your paper, get out your, your notes on your iPhone. We're going to talk a little bit about macro money. So if you're, if you're dieting down, the reality is that you're going to be hungry at some points. So how do you get the most bang for your buck, right? That's kind of what we're thinking. Hunger pains are going to come. In order to lose fat, you have to be into a deficit and you will have to go below those maintenance calories, which result in being hangry and low energy. This is exactly when I started to intake coffee was during my first cut. Coffee has a natural suppressant of appetite in it. Just a smidgen. Please don't go drink a fucking gallon of coffee right now. I'm not saying that. But coffee, since natural, since caffeine is a natural energy suppressant, then you can definitely kind of switch things up a little bit and intake coffee and maybe intake coffee and change up when your first meal is of the day, right? You can maybe push that back an extra hour or so. If you want to think of anything 
you have to think of ways to keep energy high in a caloric deficit while staying fuller. Volume-filled foods and foods higher in fiber. As a woman, our fiber goal should be around 20 to 25 grams. Anything more than that could result in digestive upset. Anything less than that could also result in digestive upset. So 25, around 20, 25 is really optimal for a woman. Um, If you think of macros like money, you can either A, spend a lot of money on a few items, like a few foods, and you go through it fast, or you can buy a lot of lower cost foods and your money lasts. Does that make sense? So you could eat a Big Mac every single day and you can lose fat if that's what you spend your macro money on. Or you can eat nine bajillion, billion, trillion bowls of vegetables and go to bed stuffed and still have a ton of money left, right? So if you're looking for a few things to kind of get volume foods. I want you to write a few of these down. Number one, large salads. So obviously greens mixed with your choice of lettuce. I personally love to always add shredded lettuce into my lettuce mix. It just adds a little bit more volume. Now you do have to make sure that we're digesting these and we're not just golfing them down or else we will get very bloated and very distended because these are high volume foods. Large salads are huge. We could still get our micronutrients in with these and we'll just feel damn good. You know, salads are good as shit. Find yourself some low calorie dressing. I love to use the Bolt House Ranch. It's 45 calorie per two tablespoons. Represent, yes, sponsor me, sponsor this episode. And there's quite a few actually low calorie dressings out now. If you just go to like, you know, where the dressings are, they're mostly always refrigerated though. So make sure since most of them are made with like a Greek yogurt mix or something, they have to be refrigerated. They're not going to be on the shelf because that's where a lot of preservatives are following. Number two, broccoli and cauliflower. One of the lower carb veggies, just period. Okay. You can get a lot of bang for your buck there. Rice cauliflower instead of full rice, it adds volume, lower carb. So add in maybe like a cup of rice, right? 30 carb, then add the rest with maybe a cauliflower mix that maybe makes a total of 40 carb. And it looks like you have 200 carbs of rice, bell peppers and zucchini. Very, very good for volume, low calorie. You can steam them with zucchini. You can either even spiralize it into like zucchini noodles. Obviously nothing's going to replace pasta bitch, but it's still pretty good. Cucumbers. Awesome to add into Greek, um, plain Greek yogurt with some garlic and a little bit of dill. You can make like your own tzatziki sauce. Very delicious. Or just cucumbers in general. I love to put a little bit of like oil on them or um, vinegar. Mm. Yum. Same with like pickles, obviously. Blueberries. That's probably going to be your best fruit just because it's a little bit lower in carb per like amount, very high in fiber, keeps you full, really good to top with things too. Next, oatmeal, obviously very fibrous, will keep you full longer. I love my oats, my oat fit, oat fit 100 calorie packets. You can find it at Target or on Amazon. Love that shit. Love the maple. Um, what is it? Maple and cinnamon or whatever in the cinnamon roll. Whew, so good. Popcorn. Anything air popped, I love Smart Pop. It's 100 calories, perfect for a bedtime snack. You can also get um, the, shit, what's it called? Boom, oh, Boom Chicka Pop. Yeah, you can get that too. The only thing that I hate about Boom Chicka Pop is you have to weigh it out. Like it doesn't just come in mini bags. So I just slam that shit. Um, So do what you need to do. (laughs) Shirataki noodles. Um, You can find them at Walmart near the produce in like near like the tofu and organic section. Um, They're low carb noodles. They're like, 
I think they're technically like rice noodles, but they're not. Um, they're pretty good. They're awkward to cook because they're very like slimy and I can never get them drained well, but you can always play around with them. They're still really good. And I used to eat them all the time. Lean turkey, high protein, low to no fat, no carbs, volume as fuck. Um, so it's going to be like your 96.4, your 98.2. Um, you can do lean beef or like I said, the turkey, you can get 99.1. Um, you can also get like an Italian seasoned turkey. They even have taco seasoned turkey. Those are going to have higher fats. Obviously you can do that though. Non-fat Greek yogurt. If you get it plain, add some protein powder to it and a packet of Splenda. Boom. Really good. I like to top it too. If I have some macros left, I like to put cereal on it. Ooh, yum. Non-fat cottage cheese. Um, truly bomb. Um, sometimes I get lactate, like the brand lactate, which is actually lactose free, but I like to put it on like my broccoli, my cauliflower. I like to put it on my sweet potatoes. It just adds some additional protein. Um, and is also like super voluminous throwing veggie into egg whites. So obviously cut up your veggies, get like some pico de gallo or whatever, throw it into a big slew of egg whites. Like omelets are going to be the best thing. Like not only are super, super like well off in protein, but they're going to keep you very full and starting your day off with a high protein meal is going to help you stay full. Butternut squash, same taste and texture as a sweet potato, half the calories. Um, so if you want to do more of a butternut squash instead of sweet potato, you can add a little bit of water to it, mash it a little bit, and it kind of goes into the same consistency. I like to also do like a little bit of cinnamon and I can't believe it's not butter spray. Tastes so good. Next up is spaghetti squash. Again, something great to add with pasta too. You can add some meat, some mozzarella cheese, make some garlic bread if you want to get into it. <laughs> and then lastly, um, sugar-free creamer, you know, coffee is the fastest way, or like your, maybe just let, let's just say your, your Starbucks drinks, the fastest way to rack up calories, but especially coffee. If you're someone who like is like me and you like your coffee transparent, like you like to literally see through your coffee, um, you know, make sure that you're switching that out for sugar-free creamer. That makes a huge difference in terms of calories and how much you put in. The last thing I want to kind of mention with volume foods is just drinking less protein shakes. Try to eat your protein. Eat. Eat chicken. Don't just like drink a shake, right? You're going to be fuller from eating something than drinking something. Don't eat as many protein bars. That's a lot of calories that you're missing out on. So that's protein, carbs, and for the most part, fats. You're kind of missing like half of even a full ass meal you could be eating. Um, and same thing, avoid liquid calories. So if you're drinking right now, like usual, like pop, which I don't know the last time I had a real pop, but if you're drinking pop, if you're drinking full Gatorades, if you're drinking Starbucks Frappuccinos, like those are liquid calories that you could eat in foods and fill you up. So those are just kind of like my top tips when it comes to like getting into a fat loss mode, how to prolong it and more. Um, if you guys want a little bit more help, you know, what I have is a little bit different on my Instagram, but you can definitely still check it out. I kind of discussed the same things, but if you'd rather like take it in on an Instagram note or on a YouTube note, like I got you there, but that I can link in the, in the description box. I'll kind of put my two fat loss videos on there. But for the most part, like I said, this should be a 12 to 14 week thing. If you're going more 
than that, then your cut needs to be less drastic. So the faster you go, the, the faster you go, the more you're not going to want to cut as slow. So if you, if you're going to do a six week cut, bitch, get to it. You can like drag those calories down fast. Stop at six weeks. You're done. But if you're looking to really prolong a cut and really make it worth your while, really make it something that continues into your life. It's not just like a quick switch. You're going to want to drag it out a little bit and make it nice, slow, and steady. As I always say, slow and steady wins a race. The turtle always wins the race. You want to be the turtle. Okay. You want to be the turtle in fat loss. So again, you know, re-listen to this, this podcast, if you need to, um, watch the YouTube videos, if you need to, I even talk about it, you know, on my Instagram, I'm always here to answer questions. And if you're looking for more of a coach to go about this with, I mean, yo, we're in spring now. We got to be bikini ready, like soon as fuck. You know what I mean? So if you're looking for help, please message me. Um, please email me or email teamdbft at gmail.com. We will hook you up with one of our coaches, myself and three other registered dietitians on staff. Um, not going to lie, we crush it. No one else does it like us. We like to take care of you guys. Make sure you let me know if you guys learned something from this podcast today. I feel like it was pretty raw, dude. I just kind of like, there really wasn't a lot of jokes made here. This was a pretty direct podcast. Um, when I like to talk education, when I talk nutrition, bitch, I get into it. This is my jam. This is where I thrive and I'm here to educate you. So I know that it was a little bit more bland today, but I hope you're able to like sit down and actually learn something. Um, granted a lot of these episodes are just going to be shooting the shit, having fun, enjoying life. But I do want to make sure that I'm still adding a little bit of education here for you guys. So you can learn from me. All right. So if you haven't already, make sure, like I said, at the beginning of this episode to leave me a review rate this podcast a five star, leave a comment, share it on your Instagram. If you're watching, tag me so I can constantly share you guys that are supporting me. Tell your friends, send this to your mom who's trying to tell you to be keto. Send this to your your aunt who just doesn't understand. All right. Does be is here to help. <laughs> I hope you guys have a great day. Thanks for tuning into Brunch with Desby. And bitch, I can't wait to see you next week.